Welcome to Right Now Workshop Podcast, where you can write a book and change the world. I'm your host, Kitty Buchholz, and this is episode 249, How to Find the Right Coach, an interview with Ann Croker, coming to you on Thursday, May 27th, 2021. I just finished such an interesting conversation with Ann Croker, who is a writing coach among many other things. And we had so much valuable information that we were trying to share with the audience that we went on too long. Is this a surprise to you that I can talk for a long time about writing? No, no, it's not a surprise to you. <laughs> but because of that, I am going to uh, leave the introduction part here and get right into the episode. I think that you're going to find a lot of information that um, you may not have known, uh, ways for you to figure out how you know whether or not you should be considering a book coach and things that you can do in the meantime, if you're like, yeah, I think I kind of want one, but maybe now is not a good time. So Let's talk to Anne and learn more about how we can move your career another step forward. Today's guest is Anne Croker. Anne is a writing coach, author, speaker, and host of the podcast, Anne Croker Writing Coach, which has landed on the Write Life's annual 100 Best Websites for Writers list every year since 2016. Anne leverages over two decades of experience in the writing and publishing world to serve and support writers looking for input and confidence to establish and advance their career. Her clients have achieved personal goals, landed contracts, hit bestseller lists, and won awards. Anne co-authored on Being a Writer, 12 Simple Habits for a Writing Life That Lasts, and authored not so fast, slow down solutions for frenzied families and the contemplative mom. Welcome, Anne. Thank you for having me. It's good to see you. This is so fun to meet you. We kind of met by email because we had mutual friends and now I'm like, I think we should be friends for life. <laughs> I think we should too. This is the start of a long friendship. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, okay. So let's start out by first, there was a lot of information in your bio. Very impressive that you can tell us so much about yourself in such a short space, but let's just still kind of give us some, um, some of your personal, how did you get to this point where now you're a writer and a book coach and a podcaster? Well, I mean, yes, like you, I, my writing life dates way back. And I, I even came from a really literary uh, family, I think, you know, a family of journalists. Oh. I was surrounded by books. So words were in my life since the moment I entered this world. And they, you know, we talked about headlines and we talked about articles and my dad would red ink my, my um, papers for school. So <laughs> I've just been around people who loved words and loved communication and loved writing. Nice. But in my family, I was the one who seemed the least likely to do anything with writing. I was an athlete and I just, I just did different things. And so it took me a while to actually really have this, this little moment when I started to think of myself as a writer. And that happened in the university setting when I was taking a creative writing class and it had, it was introduction to creative writing with a fiction element for part of the class and then a poetry element. And I loved reading novels. So I really thought the fiction would be my entry point. Yeah. But it was poetry, interestingly, that was, became my thing and it became my thing. Like, that's how I started thinking of myself as a writer. And wow. it's how my family started thinking of me as a writer because it was, nobody else was a poet. So it allowed me to be a writer in my family unit of writers without being the same as anybody else. Yeah. So my, my brothers in advertising, my parents were journalists. I got to be the poet, but nice. I did branch out from there and do all kinds of writing over the years. And so I, I definitely have not just been a poet and only a poet. I've done freelance writing. I submitted to magazines, worked for corporate types of communication. Um, I then started do, writing books and moving into that kind of that world of traditional publishing. And then I started working as an editor on an editorial team. And then another one that was, they were sort of related. And that, to answer your question about how I became a writing coach, was when I was basically editing with a, with a coaching heart, although I wouldn't have thought of that. Right. It took my managing editor, who was sort of a mentor to me, I, not even sort of, she was a mentor to me. Uh, she said, you know, you should be a writing coach. And I said, what's a writing coach? Yeah. <laughs> she said, go find out. <laughs> so I said, okay. 
and I looked it up and I, I saw what was out there at the time, which has been many years now. And I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I do do this. And she said, yes, you do it when you edit, when you edit, you edit like a coach. Cause some people just dive in, they edit the piece, send it on to whatever it's next purpose is and they don't really interact a ton with the author other than to show them what what's been done or to ask if they can make a change but they're all focused on the project and she said you're focused on the person yeah and and you want them to grow as a as a writer and that's what coaches are doing and so why don't you try this so I hung up my little shingle if you will digitally and uh, started coaching and I had all these relationships from that era of editing right. and so I immediately had uh, people who were ready to have me help them take the next step, level up, you know, sh shift in some way in their writing life. And so that's how I became a writing coach. And it's just been so much fun. I oh, love it. No doubt. And I can totally see what you're saying. I, I never thought about it either. The, the way your, your mentor was telling you, like, what's the difference? Like, I know what the difference is between just editing a piece and then, you know, turning it in for the next step. But I, I do tend to want to say, okay, do you understand why I made this suggestion? And, um, and I just wanted to let you know, like, this is the way that you would capitalize, you know, a title like this. So you just need to go and Google, blah, blah, blah. And then you can, you know, <laughs> you're doing it. You, Obviously you are a coach, but yes, that's exactly right. There's, and I think it's actually easier to understand what a coach is by looking at what it isn't yeah. and, and that those distinctions and you're touching on it right now. I mentioned it too. I think editing is a, is a good, good place to start to say, okay, that like I'm, I was describing very simply an editor at its edit, the job of an editor is to get a piece, a project from wherever it is, whatever state it's in, to whatever state it needs to be in next. So if it's, if you're um, a editor at a publishing house, your job will be to go through various phases, developmental phase, and then uh, work with the author on that. And then you'll get it to a proofreading stage, pass it off to a proofreader, and then just, you know, shepherd it to the end. But it's that project that they're focused on. Yeah. But the coach might do some editing to to help a person understand how to improve, but they're not technically really editing. That's why I, it's a it's a small distinction, but so important. And when I'm working with clients, I try to make that super clear so that they don't feel like, because I leave a lot of notes. I'm <laughs> yes. giving them a lot of information. So much, like yeah. you, I link out to articles. I say, here, here this explains the capitalization or this <laughs> explains the parallelism and what has, and this is a trend I'm seeing in your writing. And I want you to be able to, you know, see it so that you can, fix it when you're doing your own revisions. So I'm, you know, doing that I'm coaching with an editorial eye, but it won't be technically edited. Like I'll probably miss a comma. I'll probably miss, you know, there'll be, or there's, you know, subjective decisions that another editor or a proofreader would fix or see or spot in some way that I'm, I'm missing because I'm coaching you because I, a coach, I'm interested in you as a writer developing, improving. I'm, I'm wanting you to advance. And yeah. partly I'll do that sometimes through helping you look at some work and see how to improve your writing skill. And then, you know, there's other roles like too, like mentors, they care about the person, maybe more than projects. And they're gonna do it probably for free unless it's some sort of mastermind arrangement or something, but that's right. a role where there's also some similarities and overlap with writing coaches, but they are, you know, you're not paying them to do it. And they're gonna come with all the, their knowledge, which is what a writing coach does too, but they're probably not like studying trends and following publishing news and, and trying to stay abreast of all the shifts and pivots that are happening in the industry. They're just gonna bring like, I learned these things and somebody helped me in the past and I would like to give back. And that's what mentors do really well. And I've had mentors and they have been transformative in my yeah. writing journey. So that's a, it's an incredible role. Both of these roles, you know, we could list all kinds of people who fill a gap agents, yeah. you know, in the traditional path, they do a lot of coaching, but they're also working on that project. You know, so <laughs> we all have a different role and this one is relatively new in the yeah. publishing world and people are still trying to figure out what that is. Right. Right. And I think that um, for me, one of the things that I like to mention as close to the beginning as possible is um, to kind of allay one of the big fears that I think a lot of people have if they don't know what a writing coach is going to do. Um, I always want to say, I am not here to change your book or to change you as a writer, but to help you write a better version of the book that you have in your mind. Ooh, I like that. I, I don't know. I would hope that an you... editor would do that too. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. Exactly. Except for, I think that like you're saying, like if you really had to, um, if you really had to separate them, then the difference is, is that I'm focused um, at least 50% on you, the writer, 
Whereas, you know, the editor at Simon and Schuster has got to be his or her job is to be focused on the project, even though, of course, they're trying not to, to, you know, hurt the author in any way, like hurt their feelings or, you know, they, they, they take time to help you understand if there's something you didn't understand, but they're not, they're not there to teach you. That's right. That's right. They're expecting you to already be a writer capable of making the changes that they say this needs to happen if, if they're not going to make the change themselves. Yeah. And I think if in magazines, which I, I know you're talking about books in specifically, but like magazine editors, they'll often just like make the change and it goes live and you're like, whoa, I didn't write it like that. Yeah. But I bet that's the editor doing their job, which is they need it to fit the voice or the style of the magazine, maybe not the voice, but the style of the magazine. Yeah. And they have to make those changes to, yeah. me, to make it work. And, um, and then also I've noticed too, I think even there's different kinds of coaches and, and I'll just back up and say there's different kind of editors too, not just yeah. developmental copy editor, line editor, this, there's that of course, but also different styles of editing. And, and you just touched on an interesting point. There are some who just, you know, like you were saying, they, they have to get it done for Simon and Schuster and get it ready to go. It has to be done, it has to be done in a certain way. And they, they follow Chicago manual style or whatever to get that done. Yeah. But I've noticed that there are different, definitely some who just make some changes and said, here are some changes I'm making. Can you approve them? And right. then there are some editors who will say this part here, I would like you to work on voice and, or I'd like to work, I'd, I'd like you to clean this up or tighten it. And they leave it completely up to the writer to be capable of doing that and seeing it and knowing how to do that. Yeah. And it's interesting to see the different types of editors. And I think people, you know, maybe they watch, what's the name of that movie? The film that the guy, um, for, oh, he's famous editor from Simon, Simon and Schuster. And oh, he always wore a hat in the, in the film, maybe not in real life. I can't think what I it's feel like now. I should know the name of this movie. Oh, we should like Google it, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> it, it came out and I think people are looking for that kind of relationship where the, the editor is like really nurturing. What was it? Thomas Wolfe or somebody that he was working with. And he also worked with Ernest Hemingway and Fitzgerald, whoever this famous editor, Max Fitzgerald, Max, no, Max. He worked with F. Scott Fitzgerald, but it's Max. Okay, so Max was nurturing <laughs> Max. people in a very coach-like way. And yeah. I don't think there's very many editors left who will do that. Like you were just saying, that idea of investing in you and teaching you. you know, they're not doing that very much anymore. Yeah. Now you get to coaching. And this is where I think it's interesting how maybe your work and my work might be slightly different because within the world, here's how I view it. And I may be wrong. And, and, but all sorts of writing coaches are running their business and structuring their everything, how they how they work with people in different ways. Yeah. yeah. But I see a bigger umbrella of writing coaches, writing coach, people who help people, they come alongside them, they figure out where they are and where they want to be. And they try to close that gap in some yeah. way. And that's a really broad stroke explanation. But within this one though, yeah, (laughs) thank you. Well, I think it's, you know, you can see it, right? That's why you're, it's resonating with you. But then you take this big umbrella of writing coach and under that are all kinds of specific types of writing coaches. There are some who work with people, they're on LinkedIn and they're working with professionals, helping them develop and be able to write better grants or write better memos or write better white papers. And there are some writing coaches who work with students so they can finish their, um, their dissertations. And there are people who are writing coaches who work with people who want to start an online presence or write better social media uh, content. And then there are book coaches. And then you go to the book coaches and you can niche that down. There are some who do (laughs) memoir like Marion Roach Smith or Louisa Deasy. And there's some who work in the realm of fiction who might even specialize within that. Yeah. How would you describe where you're at in that whole matrix or well, okay. So I'm going to go back real quick to something that you said. Um, so Max, the awesome editor from Simon and Schuster, I think maybe the reason why there's room for writing coaches now and in need is because as um, editors at traditional houses got more and more clients and more projects that they had to finish, but still in a, a deadline-based time, so with less and less time, I think yeah. they just, you know, by virtue of the fact that there's 24 hours in a day and that doesn't change, had less and less time to work with people. Um, when the editors that I've talked to who used to work at publishing houses, you know, they're like, it's just, it just depends on how much time I have, and, mm-hmm. but there's this fast-paced turnover. Um, not turnover, but, um, you know, the project is, is going through a process. So I think that uh, in my mind, it seems pretty likely that that's part of the reason why uh, this has come out for people who writing coaching um, 
for people who they want to know why did you make the change and how can I make that change before it even gets to you, you know, stuff like that. Yes. Yes. Filling the gap, like the yeah. gap between the, the point, of, like for traditional publishing, let's say the point between when you have an idea and you're sort of messing around with it and trying to make it come alive and get the concept down and start developing the content, that gap between there and when you might start pitching agents is a long time, like why you're like <laughs> floundering maybe, or just uncertain. And that's where I think a writing coach is a great role to step in and help you say, let's develop this project. So it's ready to pitch. I think the same way, and maybe if you're working with somebody in, who's doing self-publishing and they're going that route, same yeah. thing. There's like this big gap between where they are yes. and where they want to be. And then I think the writing coach can come along there, come, come alongside them in a way that you're saying, and editors just can't, they just don't have time, they, whether it's in the traditional space where they have to, they have a stack of projects, not literally at digitally these days, but you know, <laughs> yeah. they have a stack of projects they have to work through. They have to get them done. Yeah. And I think that that's a great reminder for writers that like, don't expect it of your editor, like maybe consider a coach because yeah. uh, that you were, you're not getting that kind of input from them because they simply cannot give it. And they might want to, yeah. they might want to, like you generously put in the margins. Oh, here's how you can learn more about this, but they just don't have time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great reminder. And I think that um, like, if you, if you're an editor at a traditional publishing house, which I haven't been one, I, I know some, you know, mm -hmm. one of my um, teachers in grad school was an editor at, it was one of the H's. So I can't remember if it was Harper Collins or Houghton Mifflin. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just yes. can't remember. Um, but uh, so um, just lost my train of thought. Cause I have like 40,000 thoughts. This is great. So you had a friend you. who was work, working in the, in the publishing house and we were talking about what were you talking about right before that? Yeah, that was where I was going to go. <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> but I think that um, that when you're working with um, a project that that you need to let me let me say this as a writing coach, I feel very strongly that I want all of my clients to feel like I. I really hear them, not just listening to what they say. This is where I'm trying to go. And then me kind of being pushy about this is how you're going to get there. Um, but I really, I have a thing myself. I want, I want to feel that I'm heard, not, not just that the person heard the words that I'm saying. I, I want somebody to, to make me feel like, okay, you get me so I can relax a little bit. Like I don't have to push back because I'm trying to explain and I don't have to worry about being defensive, um, which is so... I find that this is still always be something I have to think about as a writer. Like, I don't want to be defensive. I want to be teachable or coachable. Um, and I want to, as a coach, give that to other people to mm. give them a place where, like I can say, this is going to be a safe space. I will hear you. And then I will also be offering suggestions and explaining why something doesn't work. Now, I think that maybe, at least for me, and I would love to know what you're thinking, I think the hardest part in working with someone, and um, these are people that I haven't worked with for very long because of it, um, is that I am, I really have an encouraging and kind of nurturing personality. But uh, I just don't know what to do with someone who's constantly pushing back and being defensive. Like I totally get it for a little while, but there's a point at which I'm just like, I don't think I can help you anymore because <laughs> I don't know how else to help you feel like this is a safe place to explore this, but in order to create something that people are going to want to give you money for. Um, and it's totally fine if that is not your goal, because that isn't always the goal. Right. But there are there are some things where you're like, I don't know how else to help you except for to keep on telling you the same thing over and over again, which isn't really helping either one of us. I don't know if you have any any thoughts on that. It's it's difficult to be coachable. I understand that from a personal perspective, but it's also why I try to be nurturing as a coach. I'll bet you are so much fun to work with. It's a shame. <laughs> Those people are missing out on growth, you know, and listening and saying, what, what's, what can I try here? And I think you bring up something super important. If your listeners are thinking about working with a coach, whether it's you or me or somebody else, I would hope that they would ask themselves, am I ready for this? And there are several things to think about when it comes yeah. to this. And I think, you know, am I stuck? And I think I need one or I don't know what to do. Or I need information or I want guidance or I want input on my project then, oh, you know, your thought might be, I need that. I need somebody to fill that gap or help me close that gap in my writing life. The second would be, I think 
ask yourself if you're ready for that input, if you're still clinging to it, or you're feeling like it's my baby, of course, it's your baby (laughs) in that sense, you know, there's always this, you know, there's a level of love for it, or we wouldn't be writing in the first place, but are you teachable? You just hit on such a key a person, a personality. It's not really a personality trait, just an openness. Am I open to this? Yeah. If you aren't, then it's pro- don't work with a coach yet. Like go read some craft books and learn more as much as you can on your own, right. rework it to the extent that you can. And just like ask yourself, cause that's who you're trusting. If you're going to push back, you're only trusting your own, your own thoughts and your own opinions on your piece. Yes. So it's, you're not ready for a coach yet. If all you're going to do is say, no, no, because this is better. Well, if you know better then don't hire a coach yet, you're not ready. (laughs) But I think if you have exhausted all other resources and you've read all the books that you can get your hands on and you still are finding like, I don't think this is where it needs to be. Maybe I should look into that. And maybe I am open to that input. Then maybe you are the same person could be ready. Yeah. But I think don't, don't hire him until you're ready to really listen and try. You got to be willing to try what they say. I think that's a key thing. And then the third thing is super practical. Like you have to be willing to put, set aside time for it, make time yeah. for it, and to also have some funds to pay for it. Yeah. And, you know, those are practical and, and it's your choice how, how you, you know, not everybody has those resources there. That's why you go ahead and read the craft books. If you don't have that kind of funding yet. And if you don't have time, I think, you know, I think you've even talked about this on your podcast too. You like get into the practice of making that time, however slim it might be. And then you'll start to prioritize your writing. And when you get to that point, then you probably have time to practice and put it, put into practice what a coach might say to you. Yeah. But yeah. I have had people like that. And, you know, I just have a friendly conversation with them. I say, you know, you have so many, um, so many strong opinions on how you want this process to go and how you think this book needs to be. And I've offered lots of suggestions and it's totally fine if you don't want to implement those, but I think like we've probably done all we can do here. Don't you think? And they usually agree because we have, so I don't make a point that we've been, <clears throat> this has happened extremely rarely. I, I can yeah. only think of a couple of times and it was me too. Ago. Yeah. But I think, you know, if that's the, if that's happened to you listener, and if you have worked with a coach or an editor and there's just like this continual clash, just like, step back and say, is this the right fit? Or is, am, am I really ready to, to receive the kind of input and, and be open to that? Yeah. I have years ago, I worked with a, I did some group coaching. I do quite a bit of group, group coaching too. I think you do too, where um, I'm, you know, having conversations with more people, which is interesting because everybody's sort of weighing in with thoughts and experiences. And they also bring sometimes things I wouldn't have thought of on my own. And somebody had an experience as a teacher and she'd gone to a conference and uh, it was um, like the National Writers Center or somebody like that has this whole uh, system for how to provide input. And I'm going to just toss it out there because I think it would help both you and listeners um, guide someone yeah. on how to re- ask for input and how to give input. Yeah, yeah. And the, the, it's a, a three, three words, bless, address, and press. So one of my clients, I, I start using this all the time with my clients. And one of my clients, he says, oh, I want you to bap it, B-A-P, bap it. <laughs> and I want you to bap it. Okay, so here's briefly what it is. Bless is what we should always do whenever we're reviewing somebody's work or asking for it. We, can you tell me what's working? Can you tell me what I'm doing well so I can do more of it so I don't stop doing what's working? Right. So that's the blessed part. And some people who have been deeply injured by writing groups or, you know, their their ninth grade English teacher who just read marked and read inked them and then just crushed their little spirit, you know, like you can be 40 years old and come to the work again and just be really like um like sensitive to that. And that can be very real. And so if you can just say right now. I just need to know what's working. (laughs) Can you like hold off on the things that aren't working? So I can just start to reinforce that I I can write and I do write well, and I have some gifts and skills. And then later after a while, we can move on to the other levels. Right. And so if they're honest about that, then, you know, just hold off on all the other points and just tell them what's working then. And and ask for that. If you're the listener and you're working with a, you know, a writing group or something, you can, you could use this method. The second one is address where you can say, Tell me what's working because you always want to add that in through on any level. But then, you know, I'm working on a novel and I'm nervous about my dialogue sounding realistic. So can you focus on the dialogue when you're reviewing this piece? 
or I'm working on this nonfiction, prescriptive nonfiction book, and I feel like it's, I'm not sure it's organized in the right order. Can you just make sure while you're reading it, ask yourself, is this logical, the order that makes sense to you? So that'd be a way of asking for them to address something specific. And then the last one is to press, press in, make every change you recommend of any kind, high or low, big, you know, big, big issues, the developmental level or a comma that you spot. If you're willing to do that and you have the, you know, the knowledge, I'm all in, bap it, <laughs> give me everything. And that, nice. that simple system, it's so simple, so memorable. It has helped so many of my writers get the information they need, not just from me, but other people when yeah. they're asking a beta reader, for example, they yeah. might have the tell me what's working. And then can you address this one thing? Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with you as far as you can use that with anybody who's reading your writing that you're um, soliciting feedback in any way. So critique partner or critique group, it is so much easier for people to give you what you're looking for. If you know what it is, if you think about it for a minute and you're like, this is really what I know, what, what I want to know, like, um, is the character likable enough or is the sarcasm like too much and I need to do something else to make her a, a little bit more like, oh, I, I want to be friends with her, you know, or is the, is the beginning of the story, like is the, is the death scene part, you know, at the beginning of this murder mystery, is it too gory? Is it, is it confusing? You know, because if people know exactly what you're looking for, it's just so much easier to get the kind of feedback you were looking for in the first place. And so much better if you can tell people, listen, I'm, I, I had a, 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 um, a period when uh, you know, I had some really bad burnout and I finally got to the point where I was just going to write something for fun. So I decided to write something so out, so far outside my, my usual um, that I wouldn't even consider thinking of it as work. Now, of huh. course, I like it so much that I'm like, oh, I got to figure out a way to finish that and publish that one too. But, um, fun. but at the time, yeah, I just wanted to do something totally outside my wheelhouse so that I wouldn't ever look at it as work, just fun, because it was going to help with this burnout thing. And so I told people uh, who looked at it, listen, I am so vulnerable and fragile right now. If you don't have anything good to say, just don't say anything. Just smile and say, this is really great that you got so much written this week. Yay, you. Like, please do not say anything negative to me because I can't take it right now. My goal is just to not stop writing again. You, know? you knew, you knew what you needed. So you asked for the blessed level of input. I think that's so good. Uh, yeah. And are, where are you now? Are you in a good place now? Oh yeah. I'm in the yeah, bad that was a level while now. <laughs> oh, nice. And that's the thing that I think people should understand. It's not like there's some magical thing that happens when you become a book coach or, um, or writing coach. We'll talk about, um, uh, why you use one term over the other. Um, but it's really just a matter of it's an outside set of eyes who has a clear understanding of the, the logic of um, story, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. I have to remind my, my nonfiction people sometimes, remember, this is still going to be a story arc. Where's the person at the beginning of the nonfiction book and where do you want them to end up, you know, at the end of your nonfiction book? Um, so part of it works because it's not our book. Like we have a lot of knowledge, lots of things that we can draw on, a lot of resources that we can go to, to help you. Um, but when it's me and my own book, I'm, I'm still at the place where, you know, I'm like, okay, editor, I need you to be really hard on this. Like, cause I have my own editor, you know, I want I really, really want to write a better book than the last one. The last one was pretty good. That means I've got to make this one a little bit better. How can we do that? You know, what am I not seeing that I'm like, oh, you should really turn up the volume on that or something, you know? Love it. I, it's so true. We, it's very, very difficult to be objective about our own work. So even writing coaches need writing coaches and editors to, you know, to, well, maybe not coaches, but we need editors just to have those other eyes to help us improve. I agree 100%. And I love the, this, this openness, like make, like bap it, you know, go hard on this so that it can become uh, better. Cause that, I think, you know, if we aren't growing and, and, and improving our work, then I don't know, I think we would even get bored. So I love that about you. You're definitely striving to become the best writer you can be. And as well as coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, I just want to be really clear for anyone who's listening, who's doing a lot of self-publishing and you're doing part of the uh, write fast and publish fast. Um, 
I am not uh, laying down any sorts of, these are the rules of writing and publishing. And if you're not following them, then you're just doing it wrong because everybody's got a place where they're comfortable. And there's a lot of people who are writing something that um, may not be the best writing it could ever possibly be. But if they're putting out um, six titles a year and they have an audience that's voracious and is totally fine with, um, I, I don't know how to say this in a way that I'm trying very hard not to at all be offensive. Um, if the quality level is such that that group of readers who love that particular thing and they want uh, six books a year and they are paying your mortgage and your travel expenses to Hawaii, then I am not saying that you should do it differently. Just saying that if uh, there's a project because sometimes, you know, you just come up with a project. I, I've got one that I just, I love this project so much. I'm almost afraid to write it because I want so desperately for it to be awesome, you know? <laughs> you know, there's a, a essay by Ann Patchett called The Getaway Car. And in there, she talks about how when she has a novel idea, it's this perfect butterfly. And it, she lets it remain this beautiful, perfect butterfly uh, flapping around uh, in her head. But at some point you have to actually yank that perfect image, that idea that you have that just seems amazing. And you have to yank it down out of your head and slam it down on the desk, stick a pin in it and, that, and start writing it. And it will yeah. be flat and lifeless and look like I got hit by a Mack truck. But that for a and little it won't while. be, and it won't look exactly like, well, even after the editing, I think it probably never looks quite like you, that perfection. That's probably true. <laughs> you, but you have to like write the book you can write at the stage that you're at and forgive yourself for not being the writer capable of writing exactly what you envisioned. But, you know, I, that's paraphrasing the whole, in that whole section of that essay. Yeah. And I think it's, it's such a good reminder that, you know, don't let perfectionism keep you from yanking it out of your mind and starting the writing process. And it will be flat, like you said at first. And I think the revision process, having another set of eyes, all of that can make it better, can make it stronger, can, can make it more beautiful. Yeah. And uh, you've got you know, a project that you really are proud of. And maybe it wasn't perfect, but it, it's ready to serve readers. And I love yeah. what you're saying about like that fast, um, that fast distribution process, creation and, and ship. That... Um, you know, if people want a story, they want a page turner, like, yeah, give them a great page turning story. Give them a story that, that they, they all get to the, you know, they want to see what happens and they're less worried about the, this lyrical language and an artful sentence. You know, you, that, that person writing that kind of genre maybe isn't, you know, working on the great literary novel. And by the way, I did remember the name of the editor, Maxwell oh. Perkins. It's Maxwell Perkins. There we did go. Did you remember that? Oh. No, no. Anyway, Maxwell Perkins. <laughs> it's a good movie. Uh, and it has Colin Firth as the, oh. as the, um, as Maxwell, wearing the hat the whole time. <laughs> nice. uh, but you know, that, that kind of, you know, actually there's a scene in that, um, in that movie where Tom, is it Thomas Wolfe? Anyway, he comes in and he's got stacks and stacks and stacks. He, he's just written um, this this novel and it's like literally has group, a group of men coming in and it's reams and reams and reams and it has Maxwell staring at this like this is what I'm supposed to edit. It's not just this, you know, it was like, like it looked like somebody had just delivered all the newspapers to the person on the corner ready to deliver the newspapers. Oh, man. You know, that, that kind, that like, try to write a little bit tighter than that yeah. <laughs> these days to, to um, not only to honor the editor that you're working with, but also those readers who, you know, when you can turn it out fast, like write tight, do the best you can, get a good editor to help look it over. And then, yeah, go ahead and ship when you feel like it's ready. But yeah. I think that if you go through the process and you, you probably work with so many self-published authors, they understand the, that there is a process you're self-publishing and you're going to go through the same process that a traditional publisher would run their books through. You're probably just going to do it faster and you're yeah. going to hire out, you're going to be a project manager and yeah. hire out all those roles, but don't skip the roles. Right. Don't skip all those steps and, and the developmental level, the copy editing level, the line editing, the pop proofreader. Those should be all maybe different eyes to make sure you have different angles. Yeah. And then getting it out there ready to go. So, yeah, totally agree with you. And I think that we're segueing into another thing that, that people need to uh, be thinking about. 
if you're thinking that, uh, you know, maybe, maybe now is the right time, um, but how would I choose? You know, do I just mm -hmm. Google book coach or writing coach? So uh, two of the things that I think, uh, Anne, you and I have sort of um, uh, brought up naturally in the course of conversation is what kind of book do you write and what book coach is going to be best for that book? And also what personality in, in a human yeah. being <laughs> do you like? Right. Like if you like someone who's got, you know, liveliness and energy and encouragement and, you know, is always kind of your cheerleader in your corner, you know, I think Anne and Kitty here, <laughs> we might be your kind of coach, but if you want someone who's a little bit more quieter, contemplative, yep. thoughtful, gives you a chance to just like have some silence and think while you're, you know, going through, um, you know, the conversations on the, on the calls, um, then maybe you're looking for a different kind of coach. And I think that definitely you should find the person that you really feel like, oh, I connect with, I connect with this person. Don't you think? Oh, it's great advice, Kitty. Yes. Yes. I, so you hit on several things and I, I would agree that you have, you're starting with the the type of writing coach. So make sure that person can do what you need them to do because mm -hmm. of the type of writing you're doing. And so, yeah, a Google search is a starting point. Ask around your writing community to see if other people have worked with a writing coach that they can recommend or that they've heard of. And then when you kind of start like narrowing it down, you have a list, guess what you could do? You could listen to Kitty's podcast. You could listen <laughs> to my podcast and you could kind of get a feel, at least the, the types of things they seem knowledgeable about and their personality You get a taste of that. Like, so definitely, or look on YouTube, like the people mm -hmm. might be watching it that way too. And I think those are a way that you can kind of get a feel for different kinds of approaches, different kinds of personalities. You can vet them quite easily these days, or even just look in their, um, in their social media feed, you might find right. some videos there, yeah. like in um, just in their Instagram, IGTV, they might've done a live or some, some sort of event that, that you can look at and get a pretty good feel for then the type of thing they do and their personality, which I love that. I think that does matter. You know, it, it, that's probably partly why you'd be ready to receive from that person. Cause you feel like, I feel like I could trust them. Yes. And I feel like I'm connecting with them and I like the way they communicate and that kind of thing. Exactly. But yeah, I think if you don't, you, and you have to decide what you value as well. Like for example, is it important to you that that person has published tons of books in my genre? Does that right. matter? Or, you know, they, they say that I, I dated somebody once who said, oh yeah, the best batting coach in the world. And I can't remember who he was really into baseball. He's the best batting coach in the world. Can't bat at all, but he's the I've greatest. Yeah. And so that this, I think can be true of writing coaches. You know, if we understand literature, we understand all the different genres we can, we might be able to coach, even if we haven't published in that area. So you can decide if that's important to you. Yeah. And then, okay, this person hasn't published at all. So I'm not going to work with them. Oh, this person, you know, that's decide for yourself what kinds of elements are most important to you. It would be the same if you were in pursuing traditional publishing and trying to find an agent. Right. It's tempting to go on and just like take the first yes that you get, <laughs> uh, but make, make sure it's going to be a good fit in terms of what they, what are they someone who's going to be a great negotiator for you? I mean, they all should be, but like, if that's kind of their sweet spot, it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to like always be in your corner when it comes to negotiation, but they're kind of like not super warm and they're not really interested in nurturing your career. And that's important to you. Then maybe like keep looking and seeing if you get, if you can get any other nibbles just to have somebody to compare and say, oh yeah. So they still can negotiate, but they're really looking at the longevity of my career and they're going to um, help nurture that and look ahead and have some vision for that. Yeah. And those are two very different kinds of agents, very, very skilled at what they do. Yeah. And you get to decide what you value more. And the same thing here with writing coaching. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I, um, I've done a lot of research, you know, into other coaches, uh, going to their websites and stuff, and I rarely see videos on the website. So I think it's a great idea that you suggested, you know, just go to YouTube and Google their name. Cause even if they don't have specific videos about what they do on their website, that is meant to explain, like maybe they've been on a podcast interview or they've done some sort of, um, you know, short YouTube teaching video or something, then at least you can get an idea for like, who is this person and what I like them. Them and do That's they right. do that? Yeah. Do they make me feel like I can trust them with my work? Yeah. yeah. And, and they might've even been at a conference or something. And sometimes conferences will put up uh, a little excerpt from that and you can see them on a panel yeah. and say, I like the way they think. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good tip. 
Love it. Now, earlier I, I said, um, so I'm not sure which questions I should ask you now before the interview or after we hit record. And, and there was one and you're like, oh, after we hit record. So is there a reason why you've chosen writing coach as opposed to book coach? Yes, actually, it, it reflects, I think, the, the, all the pieces of my writing life I get to leverage to serve uh, my, my um, clients now. And I have written books and they, they've been all traditionally published. Uh, one was with a smaller indie publisher. The other two were with mainstream Christian publishers. And so I've got that experience as well. But, and, and maybe you can explain too a little bit more about how you view book coaching, but the um, climbing into the world of the writer who has a book project that may, you know, you pointed out that some can be written very quickly and they, they have the ability to turn it out fast, but some will take months. So to sign somebody I'm going to be working for months with reviewing large chunks of, of material over time means I could take fewer clients, yes. but I would have the reward of, of coaching them all the way through writing a book. And, but I'm going to look at every word, you know, probably review it to some extent. Yeah. So that I think comes, I think that's where you see that area where you could almost have an, a developmental editor who would, who could do similar work because you're providing copious input notes and in, in input on that process. Yeah. Now I have chosen to call myself a writing coach because I, I realize I can help people with all sorts of different things. I help with platform building tips and ideas to, to the extent that I actually developed a membership program because I realized when I was coaching people on developing nonfiction book proposals, which I also have a program for with a group component, but I used to do that just one-on-one mm -hmm. and I realized the thing that they kept running up against was platform. And so I developed this whole platform program. But my point is that even one-on-one, -on -one, that's something I can advise. I have experience with that. I'm watching the trends. I can help advise you on a way in so that you can start seeing results and raising your own visibility in, yeah. in, in your subject matter area. I work a lot with nonfiction yeah. writers. So I think, you know, that's just like one of many things that if I call myself a book coach, I don't know that people would think about all the different strategies that we can come up with, the, the plan we can have for you to level up. And for example, one of my early clients, she said, I want to, I want to become a better writer and I want to have a blog. That was her goal. Books aren't even on her mind. That's like yeah. maybe someday in 10 years, but right now I just want to have an online presence and I want to become a better writer. Yeah. So a writing coach is a better fit for that because I do that. I love doing that. <laughs> we got her all set up and Kitty, it was amazing. This woman was, came at this a little bit older and she's given me permission to talk broadly about her experience. She was, had came through a very difficult childhood and has been very creative throughout her life. She's written and, but she wants to get better and improve. And I love that heart, you know, that's kind of being ready for coaching. So yeah. she came to me and she had no, she got to know me through one of my books that I had written. And she said, I wonder if she's coaching. And then she found out I it's pretty much after I hung up my shingle, my digital <laughs> shingle. So we started working together. And in this instance, I rarely work with people in person, but we happen to be local. So we met locally and we were working on various pieces and she had a little stack of, of things ready to roll. And she said, I'm, okay, can you teach me how to have a website? So we came up with a simple setup and we loaded up one of her pieces, I showed her how to do that. And I showed her where to click publish. And so this be the first thing ever, right? I said, okay, you want to click publish when this goes live, the whole world can access it doesn't mean the whole world will read it. But when you click publish, it means your words are out there ready to for people to read. So she clicked publish and I look over and there's tears in her eyes. Yeah. I said, are you okay? And she said, Anne, I've never had a voice. I've never had a voice before. And here she had agency. Here she can have control over what words get sent into the world. And she gets to make that decision. Nobody else. Yeah. You know, self-published authors get that experience too. The, yeah. the rest of people going the traditional route have to wait for gatekeepers. But that feeling, that's what writing coaching, that's what I get to do as a writing coach. I get to help people with all sorts of different moments and goals that they're aiming for. I mean, yes, I have coached somebody who won the 2020 book of the year award and, and best new author, which was amazing, that but is. that's, and that's very rewarding. That was actually amazing. Like for a, a new author to also win book of the year, both yeah. extraordinary. Um, and, and but, he, but he has to do the work. And I think that's something to remember too, is that yeah. a writing coach is not your ghostwriter. They're not collaborating with you in that way. They they're collaborating with you in a supportive way. Right. And they're going to make plenty of suggestions, but they're helping you become the writer you need to be. I think you, you had it, you said it better than what I'm saying it now, but like, we're helping you 
write the best book you can write and be the best writer you can be. Yeah. And so in that sense, like he did all the work, he did all the writing and actually he, we worked on his book proposal and he landed an agent. So I didn't even really have to do the book coaching. Wow. I just got him all set up and, to, and then passed him off. And that's another thing about writing coaching. Usually there's a period of time that they need me. And then when, when that time is done, they've achieved that goal or they've leveled up or whatever's happened that they've, they've closed that gap yeah. and they're ready to take the next step. And they sometimes don't need me anymore, yeah. which is cool. Actually, I really like it. It means like I did my job. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I really miss working with um, the client that I had this last fall. He was 88 years old. He was writing his first thriller and uh, he went through my self-publisher book course. He's like, my book is totally finished. It's totally edited. I'm totally ready. So um, I just want to be in the self-publisher book bit. And, um, and so we did all the work and along the way, you know, everything is on zoom. So we're making recordings and I'm sending him the recordings. I'm like, so when you write book two, it was awesome talking to this 88 year old man. He was totally on top of everything. He had read so many, uh, books on writing books on publishing books on self-publishing. He was totally keeping me on my toes, which I loved. It was so much fun for me, you know? Um, yes. and I'm like, okay, so here's the videos. When you get ready for book two, like watch the video over again. Good and if idea. you don't need me, great, go. Yes. And if you do need me, I'm here. So it, it is, I That's kind smart. of feel a little bit like um, some of my favorite high school teachers. Like, um, like I feel like I, I have this one teacher, I think she's in her eighties and I'm still in touch with her. It's crazy. <laughs> no, that's a great analogy. Yes. They have to say goodbye. The kids graduate and they exactly. go on their own. Love it. I love it. <laughs> yes. Look, Kitty, how do, how do people know when they're ready for you to work with? Like how would the, who's your ideal client? Yeah. That's such an interesting question, you know, because you always have to be asking yourself that question. It's not the whole world. It's not anyone who's writing a book. Um, I also call myself a writing coach rather than a book coach, but for the most part, um, I'm focusing on people who are writing a book of some kind. It may just be that you want to write uh, your life story or some sort of memoir that will never go further than your family. I want you to be able to get all of your thoughts and feelings down on paper and look at it and go, yeah, that was what I was trying to say. And if you want to um, send to a traditional publishing house or, or self-publish, like I feel like I'm equally excited to help with helping you to finish a book that you're not going to publish, that you're going to send to agents or that you're going to self-publish because I think these are all fabulous paths. Um, it's just that every person and sometimes just each book, I think has its own path. So oh, I love that. Yes, yes. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought of that. Each book having its own path. I think that's interesting. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Because like um, I've self-published all of my books so far, but I have a love affair with everything Hallmark. I love Hallmark greeting <laughs> cards, Hallmark movies, Hallmark love books. <laughs> and, and I've become friends with the, the editor at the Hallmark publishing house. And, oh, um, wow. and my goal is just to find a story that is exactly perfect for, for her and her house, just because I love Hallmark. Mark. Oh, Not that's because so I fun. Have, yeah, exactly. Exactly. For the fun of it. Mm. Yeah. So, but, um, but for me, I'm always looking for somebody who's, um, who's eager and excited. I wanted to work with people who like, you don't have to have my personality, but I want to work with people who, um, respond to mm. encouragement and, um, and I am really, uh, pushy about making my clients celebrate all the little steps along the way. Aww. So, oh, uh, good. I also have a membership group and, uh, we meet twice a week to do a writing sprint. And then people also, you know, um, show each other things like this is the landing page for signing up for my newsletter. What do you think? Oh, I think that's good. The color's off and the font's too small, but otherwise we love it. You know, stuff like that. That's fantastic. And yes. one of the women, she types like a maniac. I, I don't know where she learned to type so fast. And so it's become sort of a unwritten goal of the group. If anybody can write more words in 30 minutes than Sarah, then oh, that's it's fine. like, yeah, She's yeah, the benchmark. yeah. She's <laughs> exactly. What, what is do you know the number? I want to, oh, I want to try like, to she writes between, she can write if she's knows where she's going, she can write between 900 and 1200 words in half an hour. Wow. Exactly. Wow. So, so yesterday, Sarah, whew, I'm not I, know, I know, down. <laughs> 
<laughs> so yesterday, one of the other guys beat her by like 80 words. And we were oh, like, Oh, yeah. it's like, yeah, give him a star. That's great. Yeah. So, and I, I'm always about uh, celebrating things. So I, yes, I made yes. uh, two of them tell us, what are you going to do to celebrate the fact that you finally put your newsletter up? And I, yeah, I yeah. made the other fellow tell us, are you going to give yourself any kind of like a candy bar or an ice cream or anything for the fact that you finally beat Sarah's word count? He's like, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I might do that myself. I'm right. <laughs> I wrote it down. Oh, that's great. So I just, I love, I love stories. I love mm. whether they're fiction or nonfiction. I, I have actually worked with a lot of pastors to write books that are mm. kind of ministry related. Uh -huh. um, I don't know how that keeps happening, but maybe just because I, I love it. I love helping with that kind of book too. Yeah, you but, probably get word of mouth recommendations. They're like, yeah. she was amazing. <laughs> but yeah, I tend to, I tend to really look for people who are excited. Um, they, they've got something they really want to work on and they're, they're looking for help. Um, I think yeah, some people, cool. oh, you know, we, we kind of touched on this. Like I want help, but maybe I don't realize that I'm, I'm not emotionally ready yet to have somebody be suggesting changes. And remember, coaches don't make changes. They just suggest when they think that something could be done better. Something that you started out and we're just helping you to make it better. Yeah, sometimes I'll, I will make a change in there and say, I'm putting this in here to kind of model yeah. what I'm talking about in the, so I'll leave the comment. They'll say, you'll see a change and that's just showing you one way. Right. It's just one way. And so if you understand what the problem that I'm pointing out and you want to fix it another way, like definitely do it. Right. Yeah. And sometimes I'll give multiple options anyway. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so when you say then you're a writing coach, but you're, you probably do mostly book coaching. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I, and advice I on I the just, career to like the right, platform yeah. and things. So we talk brand. about things like you need to get your newsletter up yesterday, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yes. But yeah, I think that I pretty much do focus a lot more just on the actual words that we're putting down. Yep. Okay. And just making yeah. sure that you have kind of an idea of like, what are you trying to do with it? Um, one of the other yeah. people in my membership group, she is going to um, create and self-publish and do the entire thing, which usually takes a ton of people, her own graphic novel. Oh, so she's writing it. Yeah. She's drawing it. She's coloring it. Wow. Doing everything. It, those, those are so hot. There's like a whole market for that. And if she is making it, she understands the market. So right. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Fantastic. So you're empowering people. <laughs> that's, that's, yes, that is my word. That is my word. I love if it. I, if I decide to self-publish, I'm going to hire you as my writing coach. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, so what kind of clients are you usually uh, keeping an eye out for thinking, oh, that would be my perfect client? Well, wow. I don't know. I, one thing I really love about my work is the variety. So I could go from like, I gave you a couple of examples, you know, I could work with somebody who's, you know, aspiring to become an author in the traditional market. Yeah. And that's as exciting to me. And I work with a lot of people who have that, that goal. And sometimes I love the process of like broadening their horizons and saying, you know, what if, what if you actually had a whole program or you, your brand was like bigger than this and the book was just one piece of it. You know, sometimes I challenge them in that way and they're like, no, no, just want to write. And then <laughs> so, okay, okay, good. I just want to explore that possibility. And anyway, it's just so fun to, to dream with them, explore beyond that or, and all around that so that we make sure that really is what their dream is. And then, okay, if that's your dream, you need to do these things <laughs> to, yeah. get, to achieve that goal. I, I love all that, but I, I have people find me. I don't know. I must've just hit the SEO jackpot because I just have people find me on Google searches. So nice. I, any people can come at me with all kinds of requests. And I take a lot of them just because it's just so fun to have variety. So <laughs> yeah. I work with people in the marketplace who want to just improve their skills so that they have that skill. And I would say all of them, all of them have said, wow, within just a couple of sessions, I've had colleagues saying that was fabulous. I understood it. Like I never understood before. Thank you. I've shared it with my, you know, the team or nice. things like that have happened where they, and then they realize, okay, so everybody writes, but I can write, I can learn to write better. And yeah. that is going to advance my career. Yeah. But I also, you know, work with people like the woman I told you about who she just wanted an online presence because she wanted to share her words. And then actually her world, she was, had moved a lot and had built little communities in all the places. And she actually gets a lot of hits on what she writes because she shares about it on her social media outlets. Nice. That's super fun too. I, 
I don't know. I don't want to like pin it down, but um, that's so how I feel. Yeah. High level, high level. I want somebody who's like ready for it, ready for, like we, we talked about ready, you know, open to my suggestions. They're willing to try. Yeah. And, just try, and, yeah. and they're, um, and you know, they, they, they look at Ann Croker and say, that's somebody I'd like to learn from. And, um, and then they would be willing to trust me enough to try things so that if it is something as, as large as a book that, you know, we could go through the process because it isn't just the book, you know, there's the industry, understanding the industry, you need to understand what book publishing is expecting of you and all of that, you know, yeah. we need to go through all of that. Yeah. And if you can stick with me, we'll get you, we'll get you down the track and see if we can get you as close as possible to hearing, to be well positioned to hear yeah. yes, but nothing's guaranteed, but I'll do all I can to position you well, if you do the work. Nice. Perfect. I love it. And you know, the other thing, because you and I really enjoy the variety, which is probably why I love this job so much, because uh, I was just talking to another, he's actually a professional storyteller, like a verbal storyteller. Um, so interesting. So interesting. Um, and uh, we were talking and he's like, yeah, I've never actually had like technically a job job. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I have the same, um, creative things going on in my head that for him, he just decided not to get a, a, you know, a quote to job job for me. I've had like 40 jobs because I get bored so easily. Oh, yes. The best part about being a book coach is that, you know, so right now, um, I, I, we've just finished the thriller. Uh, there's a middle grade superhero author, yeah. Um, which is so fun. Uh, the graphic novelist, um, nice. the minister writing a ministry book, the, um, oh my gosh, uh, yeah. a friend of mine is working with me. She's got like, I think it's 150 or 200,000 word uh, fantasy novel. Mm -hmm. She's trying to, mm -hmm. you know, corral and make it make it mm -hmm. into one complete story without or a all the tangents, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, that's fantastic. You're right. Like that's so much, like so many different things that yeah. are stories and, and um, plot lines going right. through your yeah, head. Yeah. Oh, that's so fun. So, but there are a few things and I I'm guessing that you have a few, there are a few things where I'm like, I would like to help anybody who wants me to help them, but I probably can't do you much good if you write erotica. For one thing, I might be just too embarrassed to read some of it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think people should just like, and, and, and I'm guessing it's similar to this. You just drew your line in the sand there. And so somebody listening to this now knows, oh yeah, okay, so she's not a yeah. good fit. Or children's me. picture books. Like, mm. I just don't know anything about that market. Middle grade, there we yes. Go. There picture we go. books. Yeah. yeah, and so I think, you know, I try to be pretty clear in my, I have a work with me page. You know, if they go to the work with me page, I think it's fairly clear, but I probably need to clear up a few things and make it a little, you know, hone in a little bit more so that they can self uh, filter like, right. oh yeah, she doesn't really do that. So I won't, I won't need to pursue this further. Yeah. But I do think if you're not sure, go ahead and ask, like go right. ahead and fill out the form and that will go to my contact, you know, go to my inbox Yeah. and let's at least talk about it. Right. And honestly, I love helping people. So if I can't help you, I will be honest and I'll say, you know what? I could do this, but I know three people who'd be way better at it. And I'm going to right. give you their contact information for you to, to explore those. Exactly. An alternative. And if after exploring those people, you really still want to work with me, but understand my limitations, you can do that. But I want you to understand, you know, yeah, that this is, I can do it to this extent and, and this is my experience or whatever. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm super honest. So you might as well inquire. And I bet it's, is that similar with you? Like, yeah, exactly. Like it's better to ask than to wonder and, and yeah. wish that you knew what to ask. Just ask because I have no problem getting on a 30 minute Skype call with, or sorry, not Skype anymore. Really zoom is what I use now. Um, right. Right. Yeah. We'll talk and about just, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's find out what your, what your goals are. And like you, um, it's not, and I'm, I'm just totally guessing that you might be similar. It's not that I'm such an awesome person that I'm going to honestly tell you, like, I'm not the best coach for you. So-and-so is no, it's because neither one of us will enjoy it. Mm. You know, if I'm not right. the best coach for you, then I'll always feel a little bit uncomfortable or, um, you know, insecure in the same way that anybody mm. feels insecure. If they feel like maybe this isn't really what I'm good at. Like if you're at a job and somebody asks you to do something, you're like, yeah, this sounds like a recipe for disaster. I don't really know. That yeah, but in a job, about. you don't have a choice. But if, with a writing coach, you have a choice. And yeah, I yeah. Say, and I'm guessing this is also part of you. I would agree with that. And I would also say, 
I want the best for you. Yeah. And if I am not the, if, if I want you to succeed and I know that this is an area that based on what you just told me that somebody else could do this way better and you could get your project where you wanted to be, they can help you close that gap between where yes. you are and where you want to be. I would gladly refer you to somebody else, not because I feel like I'm a, not a good coach, but because I want you to have the best experience you can. And I think this person is the one who will serve you well. You know, yeah. that's, that's, that's how I view it. The, the recommendations and referrals as just like, let me pass you on to make or make a suggestion of people you could explore. So I try to keep yeah. a running list of coaches to recommend. So that's a good idea. I haven't done that yet. Yeah. Well, do you have like Anne a Croker program? Will be on yeah. One of my- yeah. yeah. I was going to say, can you like give Anne? No, I'm just kidding. No, I would do it. No, no uh, expectations. It's because I want them to have a good fit, right? Like right, not because exactly. I'm going to get an affiliate kickback for anybody because <laughs> right. I don't, I don't have any of those arrangements with a coach, with coaches. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, and, oh, you were just saying something else that I was thinking about. Um, you just started making me laugh about the, about the kickbacks. No, I, I lost my train of thought. I distracted you. Right? Yeah, I just, money, what, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that reaching out to people and, you know, Google and see what comes up. And Google writing coach, book coach, if you have a specific thing, Google, um, well, you could Google your genre. So from, for the most part, I would call myself, if I was going to put a tag on it, I would say that I'm a genre fiction coach in general. And then there are other things that I just love to do. And I'm kind of good at like the, the ministry books. I don't know why I just like helping pastors write books and getting them out there. <laughs> no, that's a great idea to add that extra modifier or the extra detail or the extra noun that would help. Cause then somebody who does that probably has that in their description of what exactly. the kind of coaching they do. Hopefully yeah. they put it on, by the way, if you're listening to this and you're a coach, then I would have some pages where you talk about the kind of coaching you do and put those keywords in there, not to stuff it with the SEO stuffing, right. but so that people know, and they can show up at your page and they go, Oh, Oh yeah. Like she does exactly what I need. Let me go explore that with her. And, yeah. um, and I've had people inquire and I've gotten back with them and they've chosen somebody else, you know, great. And I just scoot them on my little Trello board over to, you know, they've chosen somebody else. Right. And so no, um, no hard feelings. If, if I can't, if I'm not the one that you picked for whatever reason. Yeah. And, um, and then if I can, again, point them in another direction too, but, um, boy, right. I just, I do love it. And I'm glad you love it too. And it's fun to talk to somebody else who serves writers, helps them, you know, move toward their dreams and make a difference with their words. You're just, you're just, you have the heart for this and I can see why you shine. Oh, thanks. You know, I have to say that without this being some sort of a reciprocal fan club arrangement that I'm thinking, okay, if I think of a book that it falls into Anne's parameters, I'm going to call her and say, Hey, all right, well, <laughs> you've got my number. <laughs> well, we, we actually, um, I cannot believe I'm looking at the time going, Oh, I feel bad for people listening going, why can't Kitty have shorter interviews? <laughs> Um, but I wanted to say uh, thank you so much. This has been, I think, really, really helpful for uh, people to have a better understanding of what it is that we do. And I think it will also help them to understand when they might want to hire someone. For some right. people, it's going to be like, I kind of know what I want to do, but I don't even know where to start. And I'm happy to have someone help me where to start. Great. You're stuck in the middle. And you're like, oh, now I'm really stuck. Great. This, that's the time. Basically, when you have, like, like you were saying, Anne, when you've exhausted the resources that you know what to do with, that probably is a really good time. Think of it as um, like, do I have time to uh, take a couple of classes at a, at a college right now? You know, some university courses. If you don't have time and you don't have money, then you're thinking to yourself, I'm going to wait until next semester, right? So I think of it as similar. Because it's, it's going to take some time for you to um, put into it the amount of work to get out of it what you were really hoping, don't you think? Absolutely. That's a really, really great comparison. Yeah, that, that college class idea. That's a really great, like, okay, so I'm going to view it like that. Do, am I in the right place? Do I have what I need? Am I ready for this? I can put it off. Um, you also really, really um, hit on that idea that um, we... We, we exhaust the resources, love that. But also like, um, do I need somebody at different stages? And I, I just love that little, like the little mechanism that I've like, I've exhausted all resources and I'm still stuck. <laughs> I think that's a good, you know, like a little um, indicator. Like that's when they're like, when your white flag goes up, like help, <laughs> yes. I give up, I can't do it anymore on my own. Ask a coach, like yes. at least explore it. 
Exactly. And for everybody who's been listening for, to me for a while, or if you're listening to your very first episode today, I absolutely positively, not even using hyperbole, which is one of my favorite devices, <laughs> 110%, which I know isn't really a number, believe that you can write a book, that anybody could write a book. They might need some help. They might not. And I absolutely am convinced that almost any book could change the world. Now, I think that books could change the world in a positive or a negative way. I would love to work with people who, um, who would like to make people laugh a little bit more, be entertained a little bit more, learn something. I don't think that I would want to work with somebody who's like, this is how you make a pipe bomb and stick it in a subway. I, I'm not your coach. I definitely think that we can make the world a better place. And Anne, I totally see that in you. And I just so appreciate you sharing all your excitement and energy and knowledge with our audience. This is fabulous. Well, thanks for having me, man. What a, what a treat. It's just to, been fun. It's been super fun. Just, yeah, two like-minded people. I think, you know, some of the, some of the things you mentioned, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. About <laughs> life, about coaching and about what you just said about books. Yeah. It's, let's change the world and ideally for the better. So, yeah. Yeah. So where can people find out more about you and all of your many things? You have books, you have a podcast, you have stuff. Tell us where can we find you? Thank you for asking. Um, I, or inviting me to share that. <laughs> so if they can spell my last name, which is K-R-O-E-K-E-R, -E -E then they can pretty easily find me almost anywhere. But annecroker.com is sort of the you know, starting place and you can click around. But I created a page called annecroker.com slash everything. And I just sort of honed in on all the free and paid ways that you could explore working with me. So you could like listen to the podcast, you can uh, read articles and different things you could sign up for different things. But there's one thing that I think would be of particular interest to your listeners or your viewers if they're watching on YouTube. And that's this. I have this three-day challenge. It's craft your book's big idea. So if you're working on nonfiction, you've got this book that's in you and you just can't articulate it. You just can't get the, wrap the words around. What is this book's big idea? That core concept, sign up for the challenge. It's an evergreen challenge. You can join anytime. So you're not missing out. If you know that it's not like a live thing, I did it live. And then I saved all that so that I could deliver it to anybody at any time so that they can go through the challenge themselves. Brilliant. And so they get there by going to ancroker.com slash three, the number three day, three day, and, or they can get there by the everything page. But <laughs> I, I really think that your listeners, when they go through that challenge, they're going to be like, I've got it. I, I, I have a core concept. I can move forward. And so if you feel like you're stuck and you don't have the money for a coach, or you just want to like, see what it's like to work with Ann Kroger, like that would be a way that you could like experiment cost you nothing. You sign up, you can go through that process and just see like, can I get that book out of me. Then yeah. that's the first step. I have to know what this book is about and be able to articulate what it is. And, you know, like a little bonus, you'll come up with like a working title at the end too. So um, I, I think that would be a fun way for, for your listeners to, to take the next step. Yes, I agree. That's fabulous. What a great idea too, to take the challenge that you did and make it into an evergreen that anybody can participate in. That's fabulous. Yeah. I mean, I'm here to serve. If I can help people <laughs> take that next step, whatever it is, I, yeah. I look for all the ways to do that. Oh, I love your heart. And thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. We really appreciate you. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been super fun.